cost drifted alarmingly in the betting was, you know, fancy in the morning continued to drift. It was late on the on the exchanges to, to lose. It was something you'd see in a, in a Dick Francis novel, Charles Bottoms. Ground is soft, it's not, it's, no, it's not heavy. Soft on time, so it's, it's heavy. Okay. And a massive warm welcome to the Bar Stewards Inquiry Sunday sermon, where myself, Lee Keys of systembet.co.uk, is with my partner in crime, as always, John Lane of John Joe's Blogspot. Good evening, John, on the Sabbath. Good evening, Lee. Good evening, indeed. Um, the weekend. Uh, you shone a bit with Bielsa in the uh, Air Gold Cup. That was an inspired choice, especially as I just tweeted just before race on the Bar Stewards Twitter about um, you don't want how I draw. Um, so that shoved it right up me. Um, so congratulations with Bielsa, uh, a good pick in, a, in another big race winner. Um, we didn't really shine on Saturday, so there's nothing to, to it, burst about. It was fact. a glimmer of light in a very dark and gloomy tunnel, wasn't it? It was. It, my only fist pump of the day came from Hurricane Ivor getting up late, and that that was that was about it. Because I mean, if I could say to listeners, I have had the two days from hell. Um, it literally has been a bloodbath for me these last two days, and that's it. When when you do this full time, you, you sometimes have to take it on the chin. Sometimes we don't, you know, you you read, either read things wrong or. You, you're just not quite on the hymn sheet. And I'd say that was one of my weekends. Bad luck as well, but that's part and parcel. Sometimes we get good rides, good luck. Uh, sometimes we get we get absolute shite. Um, and this weekend, I felt like lying down in a dark room with some uh, high potent gin. Um, but I've got a pod to do, and it's all about keeping everyone entertained on the Sabbath because it's dreary on Sunday nights. Who likes Sunday nights these days? Unless you like Yankee egg chasing like Richmond, it'll be uh, watching all that rubbish. Um, John, how did you get on o- overall on the weekend? Um, I lost a little bit, which kind of tells you <laughs> what a, a savior Bielsa was. Um, yeah. It could have been an awful lot worse. Um, did me absolute bollocks on uh, Maglev in the Mill Race. What kind, that, of ride, what kind of ride was that, John? Oh, me. I mean, I, I couldn't understand why I was strangling it at the back there and very little pace on. Um, you know, for me, it should definitely have been in the frame. Definitely. Uh, I think so. At least you can tell, can't you? We're, what you know, we've, we've beaten what a length and a bit for third, and you're thinking, wait, it's going to make that up with a more prominent ride. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, that that was ultra disappointing, um, and I, I I didn't actually back it, but I, I spotted an absolutely disgusting ride from Adam Kirby on uh, one of Claire Cox's late in the afternoon behind that. Maiden winner. Oh, the one that they couldn't gain up on, Koi Koi uh, of yeah. Baldings. It yeah. almost smelled like a bent eat that. The, the amount of money, the amount of cash that <laughs> for that was incredible. And then obviously Gosden's pulled on. And then I saw, I remember you saying something on, on Twitter, so I watched it back. And you you were spot on. He had that well out, well out of the way, didn't he? Yeah, and he, then he did the chicken dance when he looked like he was going to get a bit nearer. 
And I mean, he, he was absolutely inert in the saddle. I could not believe nobody asked him a question about that. I mean, that was us having its third run. It wasn't a gentle introduction. Yeah. You know, and I mean, these are the type of things that you like, you're 20 quid each way, men are having, you know, and it turns them off the game, you know, because they, they, they genuinely come away feeling as though they've had it shoved up their asses. You know, and it's not right. I mean, at least ask the question and, and just say, you know, well, we've got a film of you winning the mill race, are you? Now let's have a look at your inner finish compared to trying to add this. Now explain what you're doing. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's one for you, Jimmy Lindley's that. Um, I mean, we, we've not got a Jimmy Lindley column today, but I'm going to make one now. Jimmy Lindley, John says, watch, uh, was it Ascended or Ascending? Yeah, like uh, it was in Koi Koi's maiden race at um, Newbury on, on, on Saturday. Give it a watch. Let us know what you think, as always, by YouTube or Twitter. Also, like your view. Sometimes you agree with us, sometimes you don't, but... I agree with John. I don't think that it looked a funny. The betting was very, very heavy on on the favourite. Ridiculous, too heavy, in fact. Um, and then obviously one of the fancied rivals got a ride to match with obviously Gosden's. Uh, uh, obviously got his mind on other things. Mick Coley was Gosden's. Interesting. So let us know on that. Um, we've got plenty of questions uh, to start the show, uh, and I'll lead in with the first one, which is leads into the first subject of the day which is from uh, Lorne Malvo one of our contributors uh, and he said thoughts chaps on the long term implications of the Shadwell downsizing um, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to take this in John because this year in, in one year we've had the loss of Judd well I mean the, the downsizing of Judmont um, you know Prince, Prince Carly uh, sadly leaving us and then obviously with Shea Camden um, that 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 kind of leaves a, a massive void or potential void with the announcement that they're only keeping sort of a very sort of top class. I can imagine they're just going to keep hold of the top class stuff, but they're even selling the yearlings, the lot apparently going across across the board in every country: America, UK, um, and this has got. Is this worrying? I mean, I, 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 it is worrying for racing, of course it is, but. Um, does does it open opportunities anywhere, or or is it is this 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 bad? Is this real bad? I think it's worrying for a lot of people who've had a bloody easy time of it and a free ride for far too long. To be Good honest, point. because you've got people there that have been sent. Yeah, I don't know, maybe they're doing yeah, yeah, and they've done that with them. You know, I mean. He's top half of the same nucleus of trainers, Brian Ladd, and the same with Judgment, really. And as regards what they aren't keeping now and selling, all right, they probably won't be as active at the sales. Good, the underbidders will get them, won't the next time? Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, though, like, how, how does it, surely it's like a supply chain. Surely it affects the amount of breeding going off, or, or does it? Or does it let? If you've got a tidy roadmap, you're still going to send it to Australia and send the full to the sales. You don't have a monkey's house buying it as long as it's somebody making your profit. Yeah. You know, 
it doesn't matter to you whether it's Shadwell or uh, Nick Bradley. So what we're saying, what we're saying is then it's possibly or probably going to affect the lesser lights of I won't call it, I don't like to use the word lesser lights, but but as in the, the, you know you I'll give an example Owen Burroughs, Marcus Trigonin, um, probably Prendergast in Ireland, Dermot Weld probably won't get you know not, nothing. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm just guessing that there'll be there'll be there'll be trainers sort of that used to get them and now won't get any. Um, but it's right, they should. I mean, he's his legs here must be stuffed full of underachievers. In all honesty, yeah. Considering the amount of money that they spend on them, these yearlings and that, I mean, you very rarely click on anything that bought at the sales for less than say. Two hundred and fifty thousand. Very rare. Yeah, there's, there's there's probably a distinct lack of return. You know, <laughs> I mean, if he's using bloodstock agents, I mean, they'll they'll maybe be squealing a bit, but good. Mm. You know, I mean, that that must be the most overrated profession in the face of the earth. Also, I'm also, I mean, obviously, this is, I mean, if if you're say. A stable staff member working at, say, Owen Burroughs or Marcus Trigonin, the, the news must be quite worrying because, especially if, if it's your life working or whatever, um, I'd imagine. Working and you're good at your job, you know. I mean, get your ass into the new market and get some of these fiery mates out of a job because they can't get decent staff for loving their money in the new market. So yeah. I, it, it's racing as. For so long, considering itself recession-proof, you know, and it it needs to look inwardly a bit and rationalise. You know, it, it's not sustainable to have these. You know, I mean, the man's dad. You, you, you have to be careful, careful how you describe. You know, but I mean, basically, you're talking about idiots just spunking money left, right, and centre. Yeah. You, you know, and. If somebody else comes in, don't be surprised if they say, hang on a minute, look at this expenditure sheet. Hey, we're getting no There's nil return. I don't want to go to the races. Why am I, why am I bothering with this? Yeah. You know? um, those horses that Shadwell would have been buying will still go through the sales ring. It's just chances are it'll open it up to a bit more competition. And they might yeah, prices. I think there's a couple. Of, the winners here are obviously the um, possibly people like your uh, your Nick Bradleys of this world, uh, your people that will happily go to hundred thousand to buy something. You know, you might not have to pay two hundred thousand, um, and so on and so on. Um, I, I could see them being winners. I mean, I mean, next next year at the sales will be interesting. You know, when the when uh, or, or and, and future sales with the yearlings going through and any future stock, um, I would imagine there'll be a lot of buyers licking the lips at some of them. Um, I mean, for a change, you know. Yeah. I mean, you just—it doesn't make any economic sense anyway to be paying half a million quid and basically you have to win a derby to get it back. Well, I I, I sort of looked today that that obviously Altior. Uh, re- retired this week 
Um, Carl Swanson's been on. And uh, Popeye update, he says, Champs had his back surgery. So we might get plenty of excuses for Champ this season at some point. Um, Lydia might take control of that one. Um, but yeah, just looking at Altior, and it's amazing, isn't it? The, the jumps boys lapley pay, you know, what, four, 400,000? Sometimes half a million's been known to, to pay for point to pointers, etc. Um, and Altior in his career, entire career, has won 1.2 million. Well, <laughs> you know, that's Altior. How many go for that that kind of money? You know, two, three hundred thousand plus. And then Zilch, you know, it, it's it's such a like you say, it's probably a game where um, I, I don't think that I don't what's, think that's what's what's these people whatsoever. They're paying grossly inflated prices, and they all need to kick up the ass and apply some common sense to the bargain. You yeah. know, but they need a reality check. There's people out there struggling to eat. Yeah. It's 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 certainly going to be interesting times what this does because obviously um, you know we are talking um, quite a large uh, amount of, of horses here you know right across the world really you know the, the Hamdan operation is the Chadwell operation is is quite large um, I mean look, looking at some of it domestically Mark Johnson's had most of them I wonder you know what I, there's one thing I, you see this is racing first journalist never asked things like this. But I would have, if I could have asked Sheikh Hamdan just just one like sort of punting question, it would have been, you know, how do you prefer your horses to be ridden? Because if you're sending most of them to the kilt, it it must be to me that you like your horses ridden relatively handy because there's only one way you'd send the majority of you. Yeah, the um, young, aren't they? Uh, yeah. I mean, well, well, remember, yeah, yeah. I mean, the old Richard Hills, you know, Harry Thompson Jones, you know, it, it, it was literally like out and away. Um, and you and I think it stemmed from Tony Murray that because Tony Murray loved to get off in the front. Yeah. And he, he was like first jockey with, uh, when, when the horses were at Tom Jones's. Yeah. Shrewd. Shrewd. I mean, that's as we all know statistically, that's the way forward. Um, not everyone can make the running, we know that. Um, but in general, how many, you know, the amount of times you see so many trainers want to take leads to teach horses, you know, uh, dangerous Dave Simcock, you know, our, our, our podcast legend, um, you know, loves loves to drop them right out the back of the telly. Um, and it's, it, I think some trainers are missing a point that we've said it before when trainers train things one dimensionally or you know, like approach the game one dimensionally, as in, right, we're, we, like Johnson will make the running with most most of his tackle. The problem is some horses might thrive somewhere else have been held up. I think that's some trainers are masters. He's winning with shit when Gary Stevens was there that two and a half months at the start of that season before he went to the sort of red corporation because he was making the running on loads of them. Um, I mean, his, his sand down straight there must have gone through the roof compared to what it was. Yeah. In, in, just in that little period, I mean, it was ridiculous how many races Gary won from the front. What did uh, what did Stout make to Gary Stevens then? Well, he's just a bloody good jockey, wasn't he? You know, I mean, yeah. he, I mean, he's not big on orders, so I mean, Gary might have did what he wanted, and, you know, yeah. having plenty of winners, right? 
Yeah. No, I liked him in I like I liked him in Seabiscuit, Gary Stevens. Have you seen that? Have you seen that, John? Yeah. I liked him, you know. Basically like he get he get help to uh, to Seabiscuit in a race. So I like that. You know, a bit of help there. He probably bet it. Um <laughs> Follow me, he says. Follow me, I'll take you into the race, he says. So, you know, I remember, I remember at film line, it's like, yeah, Gary's, Gary's, had, Gary's had 10 on. Probably <laughs> anyway. the most likable jockey still, Ted, actually. Yeah, to be fair, I've seen him yeah, I've seen him on American sort of like uh, you know like punditry in the past, and he is very likable, um, brilliant. Yeah. So anyway, back to back to subject. So Shadwell John, I'll finish it off. Sad times for me because obviously, you know, I, I fell in love with like Dejo, Nashwan. Um, there's so so many good horses that that in these colours that I, I don't want to see die out. Um, obviously there'll be less and less. Um. Could you give me something either? It could be any kind of horse of the past. It could be like a very good horse, or it could be something that I don't know, kind of dear to your punting memories of uh, of Shadwell's that you that you, that you like the best. Um, I'll, I'll tell you where I will go. I mean, I, obviously, I, I love Deirdre. I, um, yeah. I was never that keen on Nash one because. Obviously, you'd never get mate or agree with the best house in 1989 in a million years. Um, and I'm not keen on liver chestnuts either. Um, <laughs> I knew you'd say that. Uh, um, but a horse I had tremendous fond memories of uh, would be a horse that, well, I think he only won one race actually, and that, that was on my birthday in 1987. Uh, I, I was quite friendly with uh, a lad called Bryn Walker who was the travelling head lad for Harry Thompson Jones at the time and he told me to back this horse called Al Mufti on debut I think it was at Ascot and uh, it made its debut I had plenty on and it was a nice birthday winner for me it was asked by Roberto and it had a similar blaze to Roberto thin, thin white blaze down, down the front of its nose and that and uh, yeah, it won on debut, and then it, it more or less ended up as a nut bar pacemaker in most of the Group 2 and Group 3 races that took place in the next couple of years. Um, but, yeah, that, that would be a, a, a very dear to my heart in the uh, hand-down colours. Yeah, I mean, there's been many over the years. I mean, I can remember in, in my uh, mid to late teens, you know, obviously... Um, I can't I can't remember specific names, but I just used to look for Richard Hills, Harry Thompson Jones, particularly debutants. Yeah, um, that was wound up. Mm. Yeah, always tremendous. as well, platted up and big nose band on. Yes, that's right. Yeah, always. Yeah, and 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 that was that was sort of my angle because I noticed that a lot of them, you know, were were well tuned, and you always got a decent price. It weren't like back in. You know, a Cecil newcomer that was touted, or you know, you'd often get you know somewhere region between sort of you know like I don't know a square price threes and sevens that kind of range because because basically they weren't they weren't Cecil they weren't Stout they weren't you yeah know, they weren't 
they weren't Jeremy Tree. Um, it, it, it was kind of, that was the kind of, sort of and, and for a casual punter like me back then and, and studying the game, um, that was, and you knew, you, especially at Newmarket, you knew you, <laughs> you know, Richard Hill, poof, out of the stalls in front. Um, yeah, he, please. He used to send plenty up to my local as well, Rich. Yeah. He used to send W and the two year old up there. And again, they were always backable, you know, they weren't stupid prices. No, that's it. Yeah, that, that's kind of what, when, when, you, when you're a, a casual punter like I was then. Um, obviously because of my age, but um, I, I was taking it seriously. But at the same time, when you've got like fivers and two quids and three quids to put on, um, it's no good like with the Emery Sass lot pot at eight to 13. You need to you need to find some value. And, and Richard Hill's one of them front running tracks. You used to love him. Um, but, but, you know, not so much in his latter days. But there we go. Yeah, some fun memories of Shab. Well, very sad, me and John. Still sad because obviously it's like a... It's like you watch years go by and, you know, I mean, we've had some sad news this week, you know, like we, we, we death Boise out of Only Fools and Horses has gone today. Jimmy Greaves has gone today. Um, and it's, you just think, oh, uh, as time passes you by, you see all these greats go and it's, it's quite sad. Um, but anyway, uh, racing moves on. Um, and we move on to our next uh, sort of topic, which is sort of similar, regarding Bally Doyle, John. And, I mean, Ballydoyle, there's a lot made of Ballydoyle this year, and so people saying, you know, Galileo's, you know, spunk's drying up, um, this, that, other, needs replacements, um, they're just not running right, and, you know, you, you get everything, you know. But So I looked at the bare stats in 2021, and it's probably one of the most astonishing stats this year, just blind. If you had a, had a pound lay on every single Aidan O'Brien runner this year on Betfair, uh, yeah. You would be 70 points up, 70 pounds up, 14.7% up after commission. 14.7%. I mean, that is astounding. 14.7% is what I could up to do at 9am at, at sort of, you know, at bet 365 prices. So, I mean, that's how bad a year uh, Aidan O'Brien's having. The fact that it, it, it's, it, the market's not caught up yet, clearly. The market will catch up at some point. He's still putting his horses in short. There's a lot, you know, every time Aidan O'Brien's got to run over here, they're always in short or artificially short because it's Aidan O'Brien. And he, for some reason this year is a, is a bad year. Now, what do you think is contributing to this? I think everybody can have a bad year. And I, I, don't, I don't think... We should be sounding the alarm bells just yet. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, he's he's proved over a fairly long length of time that he's a very, very effective trainer, and Kilmar Stud is a very, very effective production line for top class racehorses, and they have a very, very effective batch of roadmares there. So just really by law of averages should turn out champions most years. Yeah. So I think to write him off on the basis of one year where I mean he, he could have had something floating around the stable even a bulgar or anything. I mean Vincent O'Brien had a couple of lane years you know where 
couldn't seem to do anything right and it didn't make him any less of a trainer. I, I think they're still dangerous. I, I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be writing them off just yet. Not, not by a damn sight. Interesting job. I mean, I mean that that goes against the flow. Um, so uh, you know, we've had a few comments on Twitter about it, and you know, mostly saying it's probably to his sire, etc. You know, obviously what they're breeding with, and I have noticed a few this season uh, with the heads up a little bit, um, which is, is kind of normal, you know, with with that sire line. Um, you, 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 faster than light mentioned on Twitter today that they'll probably they, they'll probably try and turn St Mark's Basilica into the next Galileo. Um, in terms of you know, uh, I mean, even as regards head carriage, though, I mean, a lot of saddlers' wells houses look as though they've had the next stuff done backwards, didn't they? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Northern Dancer saddle, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, they were known for sniffing at the stairs and what have you, yeah. I mean, uh, Again, you know, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. As the operation stands now, I have very, very little liking for it. But I still respect it enormously. Um, I I don't like the fact that they're probably standing about 300 broadmares and, you you know, it is virtually a production line. I don't like the fact that once a horse has proved it to him, it's not going to be a a group one champion two-year-old, they're going to the box mad-head pacemaker. I think there's a, there's a high degree of wastage from from the outfit, but it's worked over a long period of time. And if it works for them, well, you know, who are we to judge, I suppose? Yeah, it- I mean, I'll just go through his strike rate just for the last few years. So 2015, 2016, 19, 2017, 21, 2018, 20, and then the last three years, six. Well, 2019 was was the worst one. 16%, then 17 and 17 last two years. Um, it, it, it does seem a bit of a struggle to me on the stat. I, I look at percentage of runners beaten as well, and things like that. You know, like to to see to see if they whatever. Like you say, it could be something to do with the yard. We all know that it's very difficult for a trainer to stay at the top, um, you know, for forever. I think in Aiden's case as well, um, I, I, I don't think people realise he probably is under tremendous pressure morning, noon and night, you know. I mean, I mean, I sometimes laugh about the gabbling idiot interviews that he gives, you know, where... He just basically reads aloud a page from the Colmar catalogue, you know, and um, like when he's he's so obsessed in trying to make stallions. I mean, it was something of a standing joke between us all when Rip Van Winkle kept getting smashed sideways by say the stars, you know. I mean, one minute he'd have a triple out bypass before a race, and another time he'd have a broken leg and. Oh, this, that, and the other. I mean, everything that could have gone wrong had gone wrong with the arse, hadn't it? But it still managed to finish within shouting distance to say the stairs. He was talking it over as a champion sire on that. You know, but that's external pressure, and that's the effect it's having on the man. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he's maybe even getting a bit burnt out with it. Yeah, I, th- I think it, it's it's like, I always say, I always liken things to football managers, you know, and 
I don't know, sounds daft, but but I always think that when you're in a job for a long time and you do the same thing every day and you come in, you take training or like like you know you. I, I just think there could be some kind of. Sometimes you like you like fresh ideas. You you, you know you, you, it's like the wood for the trees kind of thing. You, some people need new challenges. Some people need new whatever. And maybe that's just it. it, it it's just it's kind of people are set in the ways. Do do things in a certain, certain way. Sometimes you think, well, shall we change this? Shall we not? No, no. It's always worked. This. Let's keep it going. And then you, you're faced with decisions that that years ago you wouldn't have even been contemplating because it's working and then also when it doesn't work you've then got to think right why why is this not and then then you start to doubt things and i, I just that that doubt must like you say he must be under pressure he must be thinking he must go to bed thinking this is not we're not having a good year this is not this is not quite where we want to be and and like you said with the pressure to succeed from operation that they're doing um like you say, it takes it takes a man with big bollocks to basically to keep producing what they've what what they've done for years because, like you said, failure is not an option with that team. Um, so, like you said, John, it's, it could be a bit of pressure, could be everything. Don't know, but interesting. John's comments there. What do you think, everyone? Do you think that O'Brien's that's it? Coolmore's going to be on a, a bit of a downward spiral for a bit until they can sort the. Uh, sort of the, the matings out or, or is, is John got a point that it's just literally could be just literally it just just that's it that's, that's how the world works it's a bad year interesting alright we'll move on um, we've got um, a few questions but mainly to do with the uh, Kim Bailey story that broke this week and I was quite shocked. I was quite shocked that you know the the, the, the story that that broke the beach. Only a thousand pound fine. Uh, Shringers found um, in, in the back of a back of a truck. Um, apparently, it was only herbal medicine uh, to the horses. And uh, Ian Davis chimes in and said regarding the Kim Bailey story, he says, Gordon Elliott, Kim Bailey, Benoit de la Sayette. Patrick Carroll, Patrick Carroll, Carroll eight, was equal fair justice uh, meted out to each of this quartet. And on the same note, were the racing media proportionate and balanced in their coverage of all the cases? John, I'll come to you on this. Obviously. No, no. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we get ones for me in the main... I don't. I don't really know what else they could have done, because I think if they banned him for any longer, over admittedly a crass and gross act, but at the end of the day, I don't believe the owner filed a complaint or anything like that. Um, a longer ban, you'd have probably been getting into restraint of trade territory. Um, I personally would have liked to have seen him get a, a year, so he actually served a, a full jump season, if you like. Um, yeah. That said, a ban is never really a ban when they can come and go as the plays. I mean, when Vincent O'Brien got warned off, he couldn't go anywhere near his yard. You know. 
I mean, I, I don't know what the situation was with Snowsy, but uh, I never got the impression she was driving the ship anyway. Uh, no, I didn't. No. Um, the the Della Sert lad, I mean, you know, to just leave it at six months and say, well, he got in with a bad crowd and then that's just it, move on. Again, it leaves an unsatisfactory taste, you know. I mean, let's be fair, he's apprenticed to just about the top stable in the country and he's got in there with a bad crowd. Um, no. <laughs> you know, what, what the hell is that all about, you know? <laughs> John and Thayden. Well, yeah, it leaves you wondering, doesn't it? You know, I mean, has there been any sort of investigation into what, what's going on at Gosden's or have the BHA asked Gosden for his opinion on the situation? The press certainly haven't. Well, the Tory, I mean, you know, the, the Tory loves it. Well, that's, that's it, but, you, you know, the press haven't been saying to Gosden, well, here we go, John, you know, I mean, you've got form for this, the Tory's been done, and now this young lad's got collared with it. You, you know, is it knee deep in you? We had a what? How do you stand on cocaine bans, then? What would, what what's, you know, like, so say if, say if a rider's been guilty of... Uh, you know, on the sniff. Well, you, you're head of the BHA, John, and the uh, the axe is, is coming down. What 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 what's your punishment? It's racing society. I mean, in, in all honesty, all this throw your hands up and ban them for six months, twelve months, five years, whatever. I just think it's all bollocks, to be honest. Um, I don't think well well. There's no actual war on class A drugs. I don't see why why we're trying to fight one on one front in racing, to be honest. Yeah. Um, there's the danger aspect if the eye is a kite, but I mean, as far as I'm aware, nobody's actually been stopped from riding because they're coked off the tips. You know, I mean, it, it's residual amounts left in the system. Well, you know, I mean, if, if you if you've got a habitual cokehead riding for you and he's look, looking zonked out every time he comes into the parade ring, shall we say, God, this, this, there should be an amount of self-policing goes on, you know. If the trainer thinks, Christ, this lad's been on the sniff all weekend and he's coming to ride for me on a Tuesday and he's looking half knackered, well, you wouldn't give him any rides, would you? And eventually you'd wade them out. But... Do the trainers not give a flying shit? Are they not taking any notice? What? Yeah. I mean, you make a good point there. It, it, it's like you say, it, the thing is, if you if you, if you you say I've eight, let's say you go out, you, you haven't got any rides the day before, you go out and have eight pints, um, you know, you're on your ass like Gibbons, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Gibbons had eight pints. He's, he's finished up at like 9 p.m. Ugh, you know, and then and then wakes up next morning, bloody blah, he can go and ride. Yeah. But if if you if you have like you know, like you say, it's in your, like you say, I don't know, I don't even know like medical science. How long does it stay in your system for? So yeah. like you say, you could have it night before. You could have a couple of toots the night before, um, you know, to be sociable. Um, and then and then all of a sudden. You ride the next day, the, the testers come in, you know, you've got done. And it's like you say, because it's a, re- like you say, a residual amount, or it might be over the amount that they stipulate. No one knows what that amount is. Um, 
And I, I do think part of it's a bit unfair because because it's it's like well if they're fit and proper. Um, yeah, because it should, it should be self-regulating, you know. If somebody's off the tits all the time, a, a responsible trainer wouldn't be putting them up. No, no chance. So well, like, like, yeah, I mean, like O'Sheen, obviously he got done for it. And then, you know, it was a case of, right, you know, you 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 you, you, you take your, well, he was quite protesting of it, but, you know, he, he took his punishment. Um, and the, the, the point is, if, if if he was a threat to to racing and horses, would would he be com- competing for champion jockey this year? I wouldn't have thought so. But well, there you go. It's, it's a very good point you make. Um, so yeah, you're right on that. As for the media, John, um, so why why are they not proportioned and balanced? Because you know, it's to ask anybody a decent question, you know. I mean, that's one of the first things that should have been asked when that Delacere got done. You know, well, what's going on at Gosden's then? If we're saying he's found him with a bad crowd, who's he mixing with? You know, do you think you have a problem, Mr. Gosden? Frankie Dittari got done. What, what's what's your opinion? You know, ask him the question, but they're frightened they're going to upset somebody, you know? I mean, yeah. you, you know, it's, it's, it's not a case of accusing Gosden of running a drug ring or anything like that. It's a case of asking asking him if he thinks there's a problem in his yard and is there anything they can do to help? You know, I mean, you can't just leave it as falling in with a bad crowd. He's apprenticed to someone who's at the top of the tree in this country. You know, so does an apprenticeship mean anything or nothing? You know, there should be some mentoring going on, shouldn't there? Should be. I mean, this kid, obviously very highly touted, and, you know, uh, started with a bang. Um, and like you say, if he's falling into bad crowds, like you say, how does he fall into bad crowds in one of the top top yards in the UK? Yeah, I mean, God help anybody gets apprenticed to John Wayne right then, isn't he? <laughs> They're going to be doing mainline in H when they go in the paddock. <laughs> And, uh, um, which brings us up, brings us on now to uh, to, um, uh, to the BHA and race times. Um, everyone, I think, on Twitter was like spitting feathers um, at the uh, lovely Jockey Club race courses. For now, anyway, Newbury switching to the to the dark side and going. Well, it might not be the dark side the way things are going. They're going to Arc. An ATR soon, Newbury, but Newbury and Newbury and Newmarket, and you know what was all that about on Saturday? You know, busy, busy cars, John, and everybody was was didn't didn't give a flying fig um, about about making up time. Races were clashing with Ireland. You know what was that all about on Saturday? Well, in all honesty, if you got a herd of donkeys and cut their cocks off and throw them all in the boardroom at the BHA and let the donkey's cocks have a go at the run in the spot, you'd probably get a, you'd probably get a better outcome than what you've got <laughs> with these upper-class squids sat there, yeah. not willing to get their arms around any sort of problem whatsoever, <laughs> not willing to address any problem whatsoever, and just making sure that the park gets passed around in the right direction after they've unleashed the cheese bar. I keep going. I keep, I keep going on about this mental image thing. 
right? And you always do it to me, and nearly every week, right? So my mental image was, you started talking about donkeys, cocks, chops off, chops off doing, doing a better job. So I'm all seeing these donkeys, cocks sat in, sat in the boardroom chairs on a Zoom meeting. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like discussing the future of the sport. Uh, that's, 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 that's my how my mind works. It's terrible. But this is what you do to me. Um, but yeah, he, he, he's like you say. He, he just they've come up with these weird times, like two thirty-seven. You know, two fifty-three. You know, and then they never go off at two fifty-three. Has anyone told Newbury or Newmarket? The, in fact, Andy Richmond was like bleating, like one of them like sheep that's lost on the moors, you know, absolutely going berserk was Richmond. And he said yesterday on Twitter, he said, um, first race at, at Newbury, and they couldn't get them off on, you know, like literally six, seven minutes late. I mean, this is the thing. There's no excuse for a first race. Why can they not be down? I've noticed in Ireland, if you watch in Ireland, every race, they're like walking around at the start for five minutes. They do about, in fact, they did say the amount of walk rounds they do in Ireland, but they're already there at the start. Like, there's this three minutes to the off, and they're walking around, they're all walking around, doing circles. Circle. In, in, in the paddock in Ireland, you've got a little fella in a puffer jacket and a flat cap saying, Come on, you bastard, get off there. <laughs> and it works, you know what I mean? Yeah. In this country, you've got far upper class twits trying to pick out the best turned out. So some kid can get 40 quid or something and think that, think it's Christmas. And, well, it's, it's just pathetic. You know, they're not addressing anything. I mean, it's, it's a massive put-off to obviously have clashes. I mean, if you haven't got a 60-inch screen, um, you know, you, you're wasting your time. I mean, I mean on, on Saturdays. And it's a turn-off. And this brings us on to uh, uh, an extra topic connected to race times, obviously, with the BHA Chief Operating Chief Officer Richard Wayman announcing that that there's going to be more more Saturday meetings next year, despite these ridiculous clashes. Um, and Simon Clare said of Coral, he, he's turned around and said, "No, we uh, punters don't want them. We don't want them. It, it's not, you know, I, I mean, you can't digest it." Yet, and there's some concerning comments for me from this. From from the BHA on Richard Wayman, I mean I'm sick of I'm sick of these types running this sport because they're idiots, and basically they they say it's to do with um, uh, offering good prize money to participants, uh, owners, etc. etc. As long as we can do that, we're, we're putting on the extra meetings. Now he also states it's primarily not there for betting purposes. What kind of cretin and idiot? can come up with something that funds the goddamn sport and makes it happen and say it's not for betting purposes. What an absolute, I'll say it, fucking clown. And this this is where we're at in, in, in the sport. And it annoys the hell out of me that we look at it every day. I'm turned off by it. In fact, I'm even contemplating taking the weekends off because in terms of betting because there's no liquidity. It's, it's spread right thinly through on Betfair. You, there's no money to be matched because races sometimes there's three races going off within two or three minutes of each other it's pathetic it's honestly it's the end and they're causing the end it's as if they're they're wanting all this to end and implode john 
Well, the, the only thing that they don't want to end them employed is the salary, the pension, and the company care. The rest, yeah. the rest of it, they're not giving a shining fuck about ever. In all honesty, I mean, oh. what he said there is not only outrageous; it's utterly, utterly stupid. You know, yeah. they're banging these extra fixtures on on a Saturday. They've already had a sock to the mental health brigade by saying jockeys can only ride at one meeting. I mean, Christ, how the hell are they going to go on these Saturdays when they've got eight meetings? Nobody's given a thought to that, you know. I mean, Dale Gibson says it's a step in the right direction. Now, about 15 years ago, I, I wrote into a, one of these forums on the, at the races, or whatever the hell it was at the time, maybe the racing channel, they called it. And I, I opined that there was too much racing going on. Dale Gibson told me in no uncertain terms I had to get real and understand the fact that jockeys needed to earn loads of money and they couldn't couldn't be messing about with <laughs> and, and now, all of a sudden, because he's in a nice cushy office, in a nice cushy job, whereas in, in reality he probably ought to be stacking shelves somewhere or chasing trolleys around as the car park. <laughs> Correct. And uh, he's, he's just towing the company line. Everything he says is just in agreement with the BHA all of a sudden. Yeah, it's it's amazing the power of cash in this sport, just like it is when the power of cash is applied to horses um, on a daily basis. But, I mean, th- this for me is dangerous. The, the path we're taking is, it has been for a while, obviously, with the with the deal with the bookmakers. It doesn't work. It clearly doesn't work. Hence, the, the massive prize money gaps. You know, we've got, we've got so many problems in racing going forwards with quality horses getting sold abroad because they're not get, we, there's no prize money. The BHA are completely oblivious and asleep to everything in, in this sport. It is absolutely incredible. You know, you can send them an email. And I'll tell you, if you send the BHA an email, and a proper email, or, you know, you, you type it out properly, asking for answers on certain subjects, you'll get a reply. And you'll get a reply saying, can you state evidence of certain instances? I mean, this, this, that's all you get. You don't get like, well, we're concerned by this or whatever. For example, the the, the what the recent subjects on, um, you know, underground bookmaking, you know, and Indian that's, bookmakers. That's the BHA that will not provide evidence of injuries on watered ground. That will not nope. provide evidence of the success or failure of the Sugar Cup, the Racing League, or any of their other stupid initiatives. They don't want any evidence when it comes to what they're doing. Because we just no. want to sit around at Portman Square or wherever the hell it is now, High Holborn or whatever, and congratulate ourselves on a job well done. When it's not, it's a stinking job. They're making an absolute balls of this sport. It is. We're ranting because it's just, it, seriously, this is not going well. And even when, when even bookmakers, Simon Clare has come out and said, we don't want them. The bookmakers don't want them. So what do the BHA do? Put more on. It's as if they're just trying to ruin it um, for everyone concerned. And we shouldn't be concerned. People should be concerned. And you should make your voices known. The more you, the more you shout on Twitter, the more you shout at them on Twitter. You know, if they don't know, they, they, I mean, this is it. They're very insular of the BHA. You need to, you need to get at them. And um, otherwise, they, that's for sure. Yeah. It's, 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 it's just racing is one big gravy train for some people. And sadly, you know, when the when the cash is rolling in, people stay silent on on the true aspects 
of what's needed to be done within the sport. Right, we'll move on to uh, to uh, the final question uh, of the show. Um, Edward Shee mentioned about uh, Debab for the Guineas next year. Uh, I have more chance of winning the De- than Debab for the Guineas next year, so don't worry about that, Edward. Um, you know, forget Debab. That's no good. No, no good physically is Debab. Um, so I can't have that for Guineas next year. Um, but Jack Punt has also said, who are the best two-year-old Colts and Phillies you have seen this season? And do you have any early anti-post fancies for next year's classics as it stands? John? Oh, native trail and the Gosden Philly. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I mean, it's a bastard special because I completely agree with John in the the native trail. I saw a monster. I said it on, I think it was last week's show. Um, and I saw a monster at the Curra physically as well. He's grown. If you I'll watch the dual eye stakes, anyone, watch the dual eye stakes when he, when he sort of hangs on to beat the balding one. And then what? look at him physically at the Curra. Look, compare the two. And you've, you've, he dwarfs Point Lonsdale. That's what I'm saying. He, he's grown. It could be the old, uh, you know, <laughs> the old, you know, the old, uh, whatever. Um, but anyway, starts with stay and ends in rain. <laughs> it could be, but he looked a monster at the Curra. Um, I mean, he was, he was sort, in a way, he was rolling around, sort of two out, one out at the Curra as he's trying to get on terms. And then in the final furlong, he said, "Geez, did he take off?" Um, and I think I think that was it for me. As soon as I saw that, I went, "Wow!" Um, nothing. I mean, I know it's Newmarket, and what I'd advise anyone at Newmarket is he's six to four anti-purse for the Dewhurst. Um, they'll go the Dewhurst. They won't go the Doncaster route because no one wants to win the Futurity because you end up winning a St. Ledger if you go that one. Um, but but I, w- I would say he goes Dewhurst. He's six to four to win a Dewhurst. I think that's. It'll be four to six on the day, probably, probably shorter. Um, and because I think the race will cut up. Um, and it's not think, lurking at the minute, is there? You know, I mean, you, you'd yeah. need an incredibly impressive maiden winner or something to absolutely yag up in the Somerville this way. Yeah. You, you know, and the only thing that looks like yagging up in the Somerville is theirs as well, that um, one to run, one to one. Um, Caribus or something. Yeah. So I mean, they won't clash. So I mean, six no, to four. Really. I, I think six to four is an absolute steal uh, for Jewist. Um, you won't see odds against on there, but obviously, if you play the sport like I do, I'll guarantee you because it's new market as well. You'll get bigger. You'll get. You'll get whatever SP it goes off. You'll get bigger because if you watch him at the Curra. He, he doesn't. He doesn't quicken instant. It's not like this instant whoosh where it's like, whoosh, you know, it takes him time to sort of like get into that stride. And I think if, with the if dip, you better again, probably get a bit of a wobble on in the dip, won't he? Yeah, it's one. Of, it's one of them where it might not look as impressive as what people might be expecting on the day. He, he might sort of look a bit more struggled at Newmarket because you got to deal with the dip. But I reckon when he comes out at dip. It'll be just woof, um, and I think I think that's it. it. It's one of them. You, you need to be playing and running for that. I think to get the best value. So Jack, Native Trail, I I would happily say he's already a Guineas winner for me. 
physically he's looking the part and um it's strange because he was a breeze up by which is yeah you know, he, he got it in the book hasn't he now to one again yeah yeah it's just about achieved what you need to the level you need to hit really I'll be surprised if anything, unless he gets injured or any problems, I'll be surprised if there's anything in between now and then that um, usurps I, native I think trail. Anything that comes out like from now starts its career like bad not any time from this week. And in pros past him, he's probably going to be a super, super champion. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, I mean, it could happen, but that, me and John both think he's a champion already. So, hope that answers your question, Jack. Um, to finish the show, I have a couple for uh, this evening. Um, Sunday nights are boring, um, so hopefully before you go to bed, um, this will provide some extra needed funds. Um, a couple of grade ones tonight at Woodbine. It's the juvenile races. The Tory's still hanging around over there like a bad smell. Um, he's riding both the Godolphin favourites in the 10.06 at Woodbine and the 10.39. I think both Godolphin horses are... Uh, overrated in terms of pricing. I'm not saying they won't win. I'm just saying that Al Baha in the 10:39 is the wrong favourite. I'm saying that in the 10:06 at Woodbine, um, the uh, what Detoria rides shouldn't be favourite. And I've got some selections for you. 10:06 uh, race, Cardio Princess, a massive 25 to one. Um, this is an enormous price simply because she managed to win over five furlongs on a debut job. And when I tell you that she's by Hearts Cry, that was third in the King George, out of a Sea the Stars mare. And she, <laughs> and she steps up to a mile tonight from five, straight from five. Never mind all this, well, we'll go five and a half, six. Uh, Mark Cass is, is, is a very, very shrewd two-year-old trainer over there. He's got four in this race. This is the outsider of the four. But... The thing that I think that punters always overlook is, well, well, it's, it's scrambled in in a maiden. Well, if I got a King George, a horse, a horse that was third in the King George, uh, that's that's the daddy, and the mommy was 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 the mommy's mom was a see the stars mare. I'd be thinking, you know, wow, you know, like I've managed to win over five furlongs. That's just incredible. Um, you won't see this very often over here. If that happened over here, we'd be raving about it. And I think I think this is very underlooked at twenty-five to one, um, and I would have this probably in single figures around the nine to one mark. I priced the race up, and I think this could be a fabulous each-way bet um, on the step-up in trip. That's that's the first grade one. That's for the Phillies, um, the the Natalma, and the second one is in the ten thirty-nine. Um, I've got, I've got a two-pronged attack here. Because Al Baha, they've put him very short. Obviously, Godolphin, Frankie de Torre, they all love it. Bloody blah. Um, the prices are completely wrong because the key race here is the uh, soaring free listed race uh, at this track over six and a half furlongs. Long bursting fractions were set in this. And I, and I say this incredible fractions, you know, like 40, 40, 44 for the half. Um, it was it was 108 at the finish. Um, you know, it, it was like it, it was serious fractions. Um, and the two at the head of the affairs were First Empire and Degree of Risk, who yeah. pulled well clear of everything else. Um, this is the key race. It's better form. I, you know, I, I get some good cards in America from Thorograph. 
and they rate the performances on time and trips they've had. And the, the two that stand out massively over the favourite are First Empire, again by Mark Cass, who's a, who's a master two-year-old trainer over there, the same the same trainer as the first selection. First Empire's three to one, and Degree of Risk is the Godolphin runner, but he's trained by uh, 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 Harty um, over there. So so it, it, it's a Godolphin runner, it's just not trained by Appleby and Dottore. Well, for, for me, Degree of Risk, I thought, shaped with more credit than First Empire, because... He made the ground into the teeth of the race and wide. And he kept going really, they both kept going really nicely. Both in the pedigrees will stay. And I thought Degree of Risk at 10 to 1, massive. First Empire 3 to 1 should be favourite. Those two double pronged attack for the last race um, have a real good Dutch bet. Um, I thought I was really confident on. So, yeah, hopefully it'll be a, be a, be a nice finish to the day at Woodbine for Bar Stewart's listeners. So I hope that helps, helps you out. Um, I did watch them all. I've studied the race and I've priced it up. So hopefully we can finish the weekend on a high after some um, ordinary tipping from us on Saturday, barring um, John in the Air Gold Cup. So I hope you've enjoyed this show. Uh, we're back with a special, by the way, on Tuesday. A strange one. Yes, Catherine Fry uh, is back with us on Tuesday because we're going to be looking at some of the stole races for our Irish listeners uh, later in the week. Catherine's very excited about the card. Um, me and John will um, chuck in. <laughs> <laughs> but Miss Fry is worth listening to on any occasion, and certainly when there's an Irish festival. And Liz Stowell is close to her heart, and she thinks she's got some good choices for the rest of the meeting from Tuesday. So we're going to do a, 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 a Bar Stewart special on Tuesday with me, John, and Catherine. So that's something to look forward to. And then we're back on Friday to cover the Cambridgeshire meeting, where me and John are riding Uncle Brynholm in the Cambridgeshire anti-post. And we've got Quentin Franks on Friday to offer his expertise. A lot of good feedback from Quentin's first show. So hopefully um, you'll tune in on Tuesday and Friday this week. Some good shows to look forward to. So, hope you've enjoyed it. That's all from me and John. Bye for now.